Hey, NAI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe here with Doug Sosha from Kaiser University. Uh, again, we're w- without John Cooper tonight, but glad to have Coach Sosha on the show. Coach, how are you doing this evening? Great tonight, man. Uh, happy to be on your show and, and looking forward to uh, visiting here a little bit and then talking a little bit about the Kaiser Seahawks. Absolutely. I mean, just what a great season for Kaiser. Um, you know, your your first season in 2018, um, you know, y'all didn't have a bad season, especially by, um, you know, inaugural season uh, standard. But then y'all go out and y'all go undefeated in the regular season. Not only that, you knock off a bunch of ranked teams. Um, kind of at what point did, did you kind of suspect this year could be a little special for us. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, the off season we had, uh, you know, and, and coming off the 2018 season and, and reevaluating every facet of the program. And, you know, we had kids uh, that left the program and we added certainly a, a good group of guys to the program. We, we made some adjustments to our coaching staff. And I, I think just, Getting into our off season and just really looking at it in the summer and just seeing how aligned we were, you know, from our, from our, really from our administration down to our coaching staff to our roster and everyone in that locker room. And we had a great off season. And then, you know, we get in and we travel to Iowa and there's unknowns playing Dort and then we played pretty well that game. And then really the game against Reinhardt, even though it was really early uh, in the season, just to watch our team battle and be resilient and come back and, and go on a 90 plus yard drive under two minutes to win the game and just watch these kids believe in each other and believe in what we're doing. You know, I think that's probably the point where I'm like, wow, this can be pretty, pretty good. And, and just, you know, we got to keep the grindstone and, and, and keep working. But our kids, we've got an unbelievable locker room and we've got great character in our program and, and, and looking forward to getting it going here when the kids return here Monday. Talk about that out-of-conference schedule um, a little bit for me. Uh, you know, last year y'all y'all do go to Iowa to play Dort, like y'all said, like you just said. And this year, if I'm not mistaken, you are going to uh, start your uh, start your season in with the same opponent that you ended this one with. Am, am I uh, am I right on that one? Yeah, I think we play them week. Week three, okay. So I think we have a home, uh, two home games, and then we go on the road to Cumberland, and we played in the playoffs. So, um, but our, you know, our off, our our out of conference schedule last year, obviously, how the door came came about was, uh, you know, Edward Waters had left NAI and left our conference, and and we we were stuck with short a game, and it's not fair to our kids, our program, and college football. You know, you know, you only get so many opportunities. So we looked for a game, and we got that one. And uh, you know, a little bit of a uh, some information behind that game. We drove to Iowa, oh, and that, that tells you a little bit about our team in terms of. Uh, we just said, you know what, this is how we're going to do it. We, we, we took the bus ride. It was 31 hours up and probably 34 hours back, and our kids didn't flinch, and and we got it done. I that that is a heck of a drive. I think that. Um, that's probably outside of that uh, 800 mile mark where the where the NAI in the playoffs says, "Yeah, you can fly." Yeah, we definitely. Uh, I think we doubled our uh, our our mark of uh, 
of what our standard is at Kaiser in terms of, you know, taking a plane or, or not taking on the opponent. But, uh, you know, I pushed for it and I'm probably the most excited about it because I love the road trips and I love that grind. But it really, when you think back, it was so early. School hadn't started. Uh, it was a great opportunity for our team to get on a bus and just be away. And even though we're on a bus, we went and played a great game and, and went to a water park. It was an unbelievable experience, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think our team really wants to do another one of those, but it was one of a, one of a, you know, lifetime right there. Well, talk to me a little bit about your, your team here. Y'all have nine returning all conference, um, Sun Division selections, um, which is tops in the Sun Division. Um, and that's sort of uh, headlined by, uh, Sage Chen Young. Um, who was somewhat of a revelation this year with six interceptions and a kick six. Talk to me a little bit about Sage and uh, what he brings to the table. Yeah, Sage is a uh, a guy that's been with us since day one. And, and you, know, you look at, we've got a lot of returners. We've got a lot of good football players. We've got a lot of high character kids. And, you know, we've built this thing, you know, with high school kids for the most part obviously we do have some transfers that have come in and, and, and their path hasn't been you know straight from high school but uh yeah stage has been unbelievable you know obviously um you know you look back at what he did in high school and he was a state champion in basketball as a starter point guard uh super high academic guy great great person and uh you know he's just come in and he really you know he, he sets the standard for how we're going to work um you know and our work ethic and and, um, you know, we were challenging him to be a bigger leader because he doesn't say much. But obviously, if you watch him and, you know, academically, somewhere like around a 3.9, wow. 3.95, somewhere in there. And, you know, he slipped up this semester and got a B in one of his classes. So we're going to give him some crap for that next week. But, uh, you know, he really sets the standard. Kid makes plays. He, he is uh, as big a critic of himself than anyone. You know, him and the defensive coordinator, Dan Owen, they watch a lot of film together and they – you know, they study, and I know that Sage, uh, you know, if you talk to him about his overall performance from the season, not good enough, and he's, he's never satisfied. And, uh, but, you know, he's just – he's a big piece of our of our defense and our team and our locker room. So uh, we love Sage Chen Young. On the flip side of the ball, uh, seven of your starters from 2019's team are returning and got selected to that all-conference Sun Division uh, Mark, um, including two offensive linemen and your two-headed running back monster, uh, Burgess and, and Elam, as as well as Eli Matthews and your top two wide receivers. Um, talk to me a little bit about uh, what you'd like to see developmentally from the from your offense to take the next step forward. Well, you know, we're fortunate to have a lot of guys coming back, and, and, and that, uh, that's something we're going to talk about next week in terms of this is a new year, and so this is a new team, so we, we got to try to form this 2020 team. So we've got um, some really good guys coming back on offense and some guys that have got a lot of experience, but now we've got to take that, that next step, you know, in development and, and, and in chemistry and, and from an offensive game planning and scheme and, you know, where we're going to go from that. But, you know, it's, it's obviously – for us, it's always going to be about fundamentals and, and getting back to be the best at our craft that we can be. And, you know, there's going to be some things that we'll look at as an offense to evolve to from a schematic standpoint. Um, 
but you know we, we've got to we want to be better. You know we're we're not um, satisfied at all with what happened last year, and you know and, and with guys coming back and at the quarterback position and those two running backs, our tight ends back, our wide outs, our offensive line. Uh, there's a bunch of guys back. Um, you know there's a lot of guys intact, and you know it's going to start with our coaching staff on offense, and it's going to go on down to those guys. But we're going to challenge these kids uh, to really take the next step in development. And, and we're going to have, you know, competition with certain standards that we set with maybe body mass index and, and growth and development and then in the community and different things like that. But we'd certainly, uh, we want to take the next step and having guys coming back that know how we operate is really big because they can show the newcomers. How, you know, you're no stranger to being around big programs within their their own pond, so to speak, uh, having coached American Heritage uh, down in South Florida. Uh, for our listeners who, who don't follow um, South Florida recruiting, American Heritage uh, is one of those high schools in Miami that you see have a loaded roster and signing FBS-level kids. Um how do you how do you get your coaches and players to mentally turn the page and set, and and start with a blank slate? Well, you know, it's going to start. You know, we talk about resetting. You know, we talk about that every week, and we 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 talk about that. If we play a game on Saturday, you know, we enjoy that game or we reflect on that game and learn from that game. But we're going to reset on Monday for our next opponent, and and. You know, we're going to go to the national convention this weekend and our team's going to report. And then we're going to have our first team meeting of the year, um, on Wednesday and it's going to be reset mode and it's going to be ingrained in their brain that, you know, we are completely resetting. We're not, we're going to reflect on last year and we know how last year was a special year, but now we want it to be better in 2020. So we're, we're, you know, it's going to be ingrained in our culture in terms of reset. And, and, and that's how we're going to approach every day, just to be the best that we can be on that day. And we've got a really good off-season program on the calendar. And we've got a great strength and conditioning uh, coach and staff that work with our guys. And we've got a lot of off-season plans. So it's just going to be ingrained in their head. And, and, and just, you know, we're never going to let these guys, uh, you know, reflect too much on what they accomplished because now it's all about what can we do next. So I think that's that should uh, let you know a little bit of how we're going to do it. So turning a little bit to the playoffs a little bit before we jump into some questions about next season, um, what was the biggest thing you learned about uh, your your coaching staff, yourself, your team? Um, The the biggest thing you learned out of that loss uh, to Cumberland's? Well, you know, I think that... uh, the one thing I'll tell you is, you know, I think a lot of people would say, well, you know, you've never been in the playoffs, so, you know, and now they have that. So you can look at it like that, but more or less, our preparation for that game was as good as any other week. Um, our work ethic and, and our team's mindset and focus, they had a heightened focus um, for that. Um, but, you know, you get into the playoffs and the margin for error is just not there. So, you know, we did some things that you cannot do in games if you're going to win against a good opponent. And you can't turn the football over. You better be able to stop the run. 
and you can't beat yourself with penalties. And we, we did that. And, um, you know, so that's something that, that needs to weigh at us every day in the coaching staff. And, uh, but I really like our coaching staff. Um, you know, we haven't had any turnover. I'm hoping that we, it can stay that way. And, you know, cause I think the more continuity we can have with that, the better it's going to be. But, uh, you know, really like our group of guys in our locker room. I like our coaching staff. Um, and that game just, you know, it, it gave us a taste of, uh, you know, we were there. You know, we, we, we got it down. It was, I think, 27, 23 or somewhere in there where, you know, we got in the red zone. We had a costly penalty. You know, we had a holding penalty. We had, we had probably less than five holding penalties all year, and we got a costly one there that set us back in the red zone. So little things like that, you know, there's just, you know, the margin for error, and, and we can learn a lot from that game um, and come back hungry in 2020. So looking looking to the future, and and it all starts, of course, with recruiting, and y'all are in um, probably the, one of the top three recruiting areas, if not if not higher than that, in in the country, being in that West Palm Miami area. Um, you've got a, a couple more teams now uh, than when you started uh, that you have to go against. Um, that have popped up in, in your area with, with St. Thomas and, and now Florida Memorial coming over to the NAI. Um, has, has that changed a little bit of the recruiting dynamic or no? Well, I would say this first. I think it's awesome that St. Thomas and Florida Memorial started football because in the end of the day, we're all on this mission with football and I hope that we're all on this mission to, uh, use football as a, as a tool and a vehicle to help young people grow and get their education and go on to the next stage. So I'm happy that, you know, St. Thomas and Florida Memorial are around. Um, you know, they're down here recruiting. There's certainly enough down here for everybody. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's another team that could pop up and that would be fine. But uh, we've got our profile of what we're looking for. Um, you know, we run into those guys and, and we're probably recruiting some of the same guys. But, but for us, We've got our profile and what we're looking for, and, and, and I hope that recruits have their profile and what they're looking for and that we can make that fit. But there's certainly enough down here, and um, you know that's just kind of our approach with recruiting. So I was thinking about it and looking at um, a couple of the programs that are you know going to come into uh, the NAIA in terms of, of starting a program, whether it be Madonna, um, whether it be Judson that's coming in, um, or, or Clark, uh, and, and all those that are joining up, um, to you, what is the biggest leading off field indicator, um, that you've seen that, uh, says this sets us up for success? So the leading off season or off field indicator that sets us up for success in starting a program. Yes. Is that the question? Yes. I would say administration. One hundred percent, you know, if you've got support from your administration and your vision and their vision can blend together and you've got you know, you're looking through the same lens and you've got common goals and you've got a common thought process, that I would say is the number one thing that's going to help you build a program, you know, in terms of just being on the same page. And, and I think, you know, for me, you know, as I look and reflect back on 2017 and starting this thing off and we've got a great president, we've got a great chancellor and Dr. Kaiser 
and we've got a great athletic director in Chris Swagger, and there's other, you know, people involved, and I deal with the vice president, John McMurray, all the time, and there's others. There's there's pretty good alignment, and there's real good alignment, and, and, and that's, that's what's needed, and, and they're going to listen, and, and they're going to, you know, take what you've got to say and, and what I've got to say, and, you know, we're going to, you know, come to an agreement on, you know, what needs to be done and what it needs to look like, and, um, you know, I know that there's other people that aren't as fortunate, but I would say if you're out there looking at, you know, these programs that are going to start, you know, I hope that uh, the administration and, and the coaching staff can, can be on the same page and have and blend their vision and grow something special. Last question, a little bit of a little bit of a fun one here for you, but uh, who designed those beautiful uniforms that y'all wear? That that had to be you, right, Coach? <laughs> no, I, you know, honestly, uh, we're proud of our uniforms. Obviously, I think our helmet uh, is outstanding, and um, you know we've got great colors for our school. But um, got a couple guys on staff that are that are really um, into that. I had a guy that's been with me. Um, he was with me at American Heritage. He was with me at at Oxbridge, and um, He's an equipment guy, and then uh, got another guy on staff, Chad Beccarello. They work together in the equipment room, and and they, you know, they, they do spend time on designs. I've probably looked at 10, 15, 20 different designs on helmets and uniforms, and then we take it up the, the, the chain of command, and you know, it goes all the way to Dr. Kaiser, and then they approve it. But uh, I think they hit a home run last year with with our uniforms and uh, our helmet, especially. Those were absolutely gorgeous. Um, coach, I, I really, um, I don't know that I'll make it all the way down to West Palm Beach this season, but I, uh, definitely think that at some point I'll probably catch y'all, uh, when y'all play one of Warner Weber Southeastern there around that Lakeland area. I'll probably, yeah. uh, come up or go down and, and catch y'all for a game. But, uh, appreciate you coming on the podcast and we wish y'all the best for 2020. Thank you, man. We really appreciate what you guys are doing for NAI football, man. Have a great night. Thanks. You too.